your co-host Olivia. And I'm Kennedy. And welcome to the Macabre. is part two of JonBenet Ramsey and this is where we're going to get into the rest of her autopsy and then we're going to get into the theories and um yeah that's literally it but it's a long 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 (laughs) way to go okay but before I do that I just want to clear a few things up before we start um so Originally, I said that her cause of death was just cranial cerebral trauma, which isn't true. It's actually paired with the garage, with the strangulation. And so she was um, alive when she was strangled. Damn it. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I said, like, she was still dead whenever she was, the tape was on and she was tied up, that's still true. It was just how she passed was not the way I said it and then how patsy also found the ransom note of course her being patsy and also john ramsey they switch up their stories so at one point um john says like i was asleep and then he says no wait no i wasn't i was actually awake i was actually awake so it gets really confusing so at one point patsy says that she runs up and tells john while he's awake and then at another point, she says she yells for John from down the stairs. But if she did that, how the fuck did Bert not wake up? He's just a little tired boy. He's a tired baby boy. He's doing the most today. I don't believe that. You're a liar. You're done. So, yeah. That's all I really wanted to sum up. So where we left off, though, was I think Detective Art was moving the body. Like a dumbass. Yes, and then I went through some of the autopsy, and then that's where we ended. So before the autopsy, though, there is another thing that happened to JonBenet. Good. Yeah. A family member covered her with a blanket and a Colorado Avalanche sweatshirt, like, over her body. Like, they said it was to, like, keep her decency or, like, whatever, you know, to, like... Was she naked? No. She had... She was wearing... So on our Instagram, I posted what she was wearing. It I posted, I think it was three image three and four, and it was the last pictures known of Jean Bonnet that was taken before she died. And she was wearing a little sweater with a silver star and then white PJs. So that's another thing is John also, yeah, that one. And she was carried, John carried her up the stairs and like kissed her on the forehead and left. But then Patsy came in and changed her into pajamas. So that's another thing too so that was a little bit a switcheroo i just forgot patsy was in there <laughs> but yeah those three and four i think are the last images known of her and that was christmas morning and christmas night so it was, i think yep okay so yep and then she was also wearing a gold chain with a cross around her neck too so she was just a little cutie and now I want to preface this by really telling you how fucking little this little girl is. She was 47 inches tall and 45 fucking pounds. She was a bean. 
the skinniest of beans, and I love her. Um, but they had also found on her left palm was a red heart. Like, so she had basically just, like, drawn on her hand. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. She had, like, drawn on her hand, like, maybe at the party or whatever. And so she had a little heart on her hand. Yeah. And it was in red ink. Yeah. So that really gets you. So let's get into that, like, real autopsy, the real, real stuff. So mostly her face was beaten. Like, she didn't really have, like, a lot of like bruises or anything on the rest of her body it was just around her face especially the left side um she had one millimeter petechial hemorrhages all over the left side of her body and they felt like the um autopsy people the autopsy technicians felt like or it looked to have she had petechial hemorrhages on her right side but liver mortis set in and so they couldn't 100 percent identify them as particular hemorrhages so and for those of us who don't know what that means do you not know what that means no okay perfect liver mortis is basically when someone is dying or dead well when they're dead basically and they lay in a position for so long the blood pools to that one side and so their flesh is more like pinky and stuff like that so you can't tell and there's a hemorrhage just thing you said Okay. <laughs> I put a definition in there because I knew you didn't know what that was. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> okay, so basically it's when your capillaries inside bleed and they leak blood on, into the skin. So it's... I shouldn't have asked. Yep. It's usually caused by some sort of blunt force trauma. So she was just beaten in the face, basically. Good. Yep. So that's what happened. That's... There are autopsy photos online so if i'm not gonna post them on her instagram because that's a lot yeah and i don't want to do that i don't even want to see that my handle or social media so definitely not happening i handle her instagram but that's about it but yeah so i definitely i'll probably show the little heart on her hand because it's so fucking cute adorable she's just a little baby and i fuck anyway now another thing they found on her neck on the left side i believe she had two marks on her neck that were consistent with either either a stun gun, like a taser, like a two-pronged taser, or people believe it was a perfect match to a train Burke had gotten for Christmas. Oh my god. Like, because how could anyone tase a baby? Well, we'll get into that. So that's another like piece of evidence that people believe Burke did it because the the train where it hooks onto the train tracks matches up almost like perfectly with the marks on her neck so he may have hit her with that but it also could have just been kids playing I mean oh we'll get into it okay we're gonna get into Burke's psyche real quick right now no okay later in a little bit yep it's gonna be horrifying no offense though I don't sue me thank you now, um, we're going to start talking about her perineal area. So... What is that? That's her groin. Oh. So we're just going to do... Square? Yeah, I know no square. So I just want to put a quick little trigger moment for that. Disclaimer, trigger warning, all the things. Yeah, just give a few seconds if you can't. I'm not going to go into, like, 
super big detail or anything. It's just not something a lot of people like to listen to, including me, but I'm here anyways. <laughs> yep, you can't fucking leave. <laughs> okay, so they had found in her underwear urine stains and on her legs, like in the, like the, between her legs was urine. Stains? Urine stains and then just oh, urine. Oh, like on the clothes. Yeah. I thought you meant it stained her flesh. I was like, whoa. That would some, be some pungent fucking urine. <laughs> I was like, some, some wow. pungent piss. No. But she had, um, a few months before her death, she started having bedwetting issues. Oh. Yep. So that is very consistent with child abuse and or sexual assault a oh, lot of times. Thing? Yep. That's a really big thing. That's normally why, because JonBenet was completely potty trained, and then I think it was six or nine months later, she just started wetting the bed. That's really sad. And so there is a theory that someone in the family was sexually abusing her. Like, somebody thought that John was sexually abusing Burke, and then Burke did it to his sister. That's awful. Or John may have been doing it to both of them, or something like that. I'm not saying that that ever happened at all. But there's a correlation somewhere. There, there's a correlation. Maybe someone who is close with the family that visited them often, something like that. It also uh, sometimes stress. So maybe the pageants were too stressful, and she just started wetting the bed. So it could be more than just child abuse and sexual assault, but those are the two main factors. So there is that. And then there were also red stains in her underwear and she's six so it's not her period yeah, so nobody she's a child so. yeah um but they also have found some her vagina was not um like inflamed or anything but it was very red and irritated which is a sign of sexual assault but her vaginal area was completely wiped clean so they didn't find like semen or anything, but they did find DNA of an unknown subject on her underwears. And they they did test it and it doesn't match Bert, Patsy, or John. So there is some DNA that nobody like can find a match to. So there's there's that. It might be a stupid question. Okay, but there's this thing that I've heard of like you can tell if someone's a virgin because they have like a flap of skin. The hymen. That yeah. Did they check her for that? Yeah, I'm pretty positive it was intact, but not always does that happen. I know. I was just curious, like, if it wasn't. I mean, I know it's not, like, a for sure, for sure thing. Yeah. But I was curious if they did check it. They did. They checked. They went into too much detail in the autopsy. I mean, they have to. Yeah, I mean. But I'm trying to keep it as clean as possible. But <laughs> but I was just curious. Yeah, her hymen was intact, I well, believe. good-ish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mean anything. It makes me feel a little better. <laughs> I mean, I guess if that makes you feel better. But they have confirmed that it she was sexually assaulted. Oh, Bef- like for sure, for sure. Yes, before or after she had died. I mean, yeah. Because all of the signs are there. Just the way, like, somebody had to have cleaned her vaginal area. Because there was no DNA. There was no, like, mucuses or anything down there. Like... They, and she was bleeding. Like, that That really tells me. And it's so sad because they, in the autopsy, it says her bladder was completely empty. So she probably was either so terrified that she peed herself or, like... I hope she peed on who did it. Fuck that person. 
But yeah, so that actually like hurts my heart a little bit yeah. to think about. So I'm not going to anymore. We're gonna... This episode is going to be anything. It's going to be us crying. Yep. We're going to move on. Um, so now we're let's get into the GI tract, which is her tummy. Okay, thank you. Tummy, tummy. <laughs> tummy, tummy. So it was completely empty except the yellow, light green tan, apparent fruit, a.k.a. An apple? Pineapple, you dumb bitch. Pineapples are not green. It says light tan, light, light green tan. Like a little near. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like an apple. Sorry, nope. Pineapple. I was really close. I had half of it. Because it's the pineapple theory. Wait, do it again so I can sound right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. The yellow to light green tan apparent fruit material that represents... Pineapple! Hell yeah! See, I have not heard the pineapple theory. I am so excited about it. Not even saying it happened. Nope. Would never do that. So then, the interior. So she had no, like... What the fuck do they call it? Like, skin trauma? Like, on her... Like, scalp trauma. Like, there was no, like... Hair pulling or... Yeah, stuff like that. So now we're gonna look at her skull and her brain. So, she had one hit... To the head. Okay, so the skull fracture that was part of her death. Um, it extends from the right occipital part of her brain to the posterior parietal cortex area. And that means... Okay, front to back, basically. Oh, okay. Because the occipital is here, but it's like the front of your brain. Okay. And then the... The posterior is, like, in the back. So it's, like, a pretty big Ooh. gash, but also she's small and her, yeah. her skull is small. It's still awful. Yeah. And so then that caused her to have a brain hemorrhage that was 7 by 4 inches on the right side of her brain. So. Yeah. Not. Not good. Not good. But so that was part of her, um. Cause of death. All right, now we're going to get into the theories. So the bedwetting theory is the first one, and Patsy is the murderer in this theory. So it's late at night. I'm setting the scene, baby girl. I'm setting the scene. It's late at night. Jean Bonnet wakes up her mom because she had an accident in her bed. Patsy gets very angry and frustrated with her because she's had several accidents before this. She doesn't understand why she's wetting the bed she's getting angry and she hits John Bonet out of frustration and accidentally kills her and that's the theory that's literally it I feel genuinely bad for Patsy because I doubt she knew her kid was getting like assaulted well and if she did that's that's worse but like that's just terrible well theoretically she may have been like the bedwetting doesn't completely confirm that no, she I had know, sexually abused like, in the past it's just awful. Everything is awful. Yep. All right. Now I'm going to get into the big cojones because I'm going to start with family theories and then I'm going to go down to the intruder theories. Okay. So big cojones. Are we ready, kids? No. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mr. Burke. You can talk about this. Who is a suspect? I'm not saying that he did it. I'm not saying that he did it. Thank you. Just making that fucking clear. All hypothetical things here. Yep. And to make it more clear, I'm going to start saying hypothetically. <laughs> Every sentence will begin with hypothetically, and if it doesn't, it's implied. 
Thank you. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about past Burke, his his actions before John Bonet was murdered. Okay. Are we ready? Brace your fucking self for this shit. Okay, one day, a year before her death, this actually did happen. Like, this isn't hypothetical at all. Okay. So okay. this is not implied. This did happen. Um, John, not John Bonet. Well, yeah, technically. John Bonet and Burke were playing outside. And Burke hit her in the head On with purpose? a with a golf club. Oh my god. Now, the parents claim it was an accident. But he has had anger issues. He's known for that, especially as a child. He's he has anger issues and he had jealousy issues because they spent a lot of time with John Bonet. So, How do you accidentally do that? I don't know. Like maybe he was swinging and didn't see her. I don't know. Now, this is the second thing that is very big. Is this is a confirmed thing? This is a confirmed thing by the housekeeper as well. Oh, good. Yeah. So one day, the housekeeper, obviously, cleaning. She goes into John Bonet's room. You know what she finds? No. She likes to describe it as this. I don't. A grapefruit-sized piece of fecal matter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not done. Spread across. Oh, God. Jean Bonnet's sheets and walls. Good. Those were confirmed. To be burnt. To be burnt. <laughs> of course. Now, police officers, when they were investigating the house, investigating, I say that fucking loosely. Yeah. They found More feces. Poop. Yep. Smeared on a box of candy that Jean Benet got for Christmas. He's such a nice brother. He's such a good big bubby. Little bubba. Yay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's really delicious. Now, delicious. (laughs) This is post Jean Bonnet, so after she had died. Now everything's hypothetical. (laughs) No, this one's real. Oh God, this is another real one. Great. Um, he went through a psych child psych evaluation, of course, because his sister was brutally murdered. Yeah, and he slept through it. Yep. I'm still mad about that. Yep. The yeah. child psychologist mm-hmm. asked um, Burke to draw a picture of his family. Oh no! You know, but he included. He was nine. Nine. He included himself, John, and Patsy. He excluded John Bonet a few days after she had died. Good. Like, she didn't, he didn't put her, like, in the sky, in heaven. He didn't put her with the family. Like, you have been with this girl. You have grown up, grown up with this girl for six years. She's your sister. And a few days after, you're already like, uh, she's not a part of my life anymore. Oh, well. What are we going to do? I just found this one that John Bonet drew. And Burke is in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's fair. <laughs> just... Thought that was interesting. <laughs> That's cute. I love when he's just in cases. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yep. Now, I watched the Dr. Phil interview with Burke that I think it was the 20th anniversary of John Bonet's murder. Um, 
throughout the interview, he was smiling the entire time. Like he, he, Dr. Phil goes, did you murder your sister? And he goes, uh, <laughs> just started like smiling. I just saw this. Yeah. <laughs> she was gone. So I didn't talk. You were eight, nine, whatever, bro. Yeah. He, that's, you're sick in the head. Love you, Burke. <laughs> Love you, Burke. Don't sue us. Yeah, yeah. But you could say, I guess, he was socially awkward and uncomfortable because this was the first interview he's ever done in 20 years since I this murder. I deleted, so. I do, too. And he, like, stayed out of the public eye for a really, really long time. So he was basically a reckless. So I understand maybe why he, like, laughed and, like, smiled in it. But still, that's... That's a lot. Yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah, because don't be doing it. Don't be doing it. <laughs> but because Dr. Phil had also interviewed John, and he was not smiling at all. He was so like he was about to cry at one point. Yeah, like I don't know. Like comparing the two interviews, it just seems a little suspicious. A little sus vibes. A little bit sus. Okay. Now, another fun little moment that we need to talk about is when Patsy had found the note, she had run up immediately, like, got John, and then immediately went into John Bonet's room, realized she was, like, missing from her room, bursted into Burke's room. Like, he admitted this, that this happened. He she bursts into his room. She goes, starts screaming, oh, my baby, where's my baby? Like, searching, freaking out. In Burke's room. In Burke's room. Why would she go to Burke's room? Just to check, make sure that, well, she could be no, anywhere. But, like, stop being weird. I just, like, I don't know. Okay. And Burke woke up. It went back to sleep. Went back to sleep. Did and he, like, comprehend what she said? Yeah, he said that he knew what, exactly what she said. How do you go back to sleep after that? Well, the fun thing is, a police officer also came in his room with a flashlight and was when he was investigating the house. Or she. They didn't specify who, what gender they were. Okay. But he still didn't fucking get up. And he's like, to be clear, I didn't know that they were a police officer at the time. And I was like, if somebody fucking comes in your room and you know it's your mother the first time, screaming and panicking, shuffling through your room trying to find... Your sister screaming, oh, my baby, oh, my baby. And then somebody else comes in your room. And you don't even know. That's more alarming. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Okay. Going back to bed. That's such a teenager move, too. Like He's nine. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's such like a 13-year-old, like, fuck, I don't want to go to bed. Or I don't want to go to school, mom. (laughs) Yeah. And the only time he did get up is when John actually got up and told him that he was going to Fleet White's house. And, like, they were taking him. Jesus. Yeah. And he, the reason he said he didn't leave was because he didn't want to, like, be in conflict. Or, like, he was just too scared or something. But I was like, you don't even know what's going on right now. Why would you be, like, I don't know. It seems very weird to me. Yeah. That you also would not be freaking out and getting up and being, oh, my God, what the fuck is happening? Who, what is happening? Because Dr. Phil's like, you didn't even, like, think to ask, like, what was going on. And he was like, no. I was like, oh, I'm sorry? I'm s- huh? So at that point, I mean, 
they explained everything to him, but it was before they knew she was murdered. And so then it was like, I don't know what's happening. Jean Benet's kidnapped. And then they had to tell Burke that John said that Jean Benet was in heaven, is like what he said. And then he found out that she was also brutally murdered. So he like went through like this phase of like, what the fuck is going on? So that was, I feel like that would have been pretty traumatic, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. And you know what else happened though? You want to know what else happened? No. You, you know what I'm going to tell you anyway? Yeah. Let me tell you. A neighbor had claimed to have heard screams coming from the Ramsey home 14 hours before her body was found. Yeah. You and I did the math. That would be 11, 11 p.m. PM. Before the body was found. Yep. And you know when Patsy found the note? 5 a.m. Yep or deppers. So six hours after the screaming. The math ain't mathin', baby girl. Yeah. And even if you were to be like, well, maybe it wasn't like 14 hours. It still would not have been enough time for it to be exactly when the 911 call was. No. The, no it just wouldn't be. So, the theory is... Which theory is this? This is the pineapple theory. Oh, good. So, this is the Burke theory. Oh, pineapple is Burke. Pineapple is Burke. So, I mentioned... Did I mention the pineapple in the first part that there was a bowl of pineapple? No. Okay. So, there was a bowl of pineapple that was found on the kitchen table with Patsy and Burke's fingerprints all over it. But JonBenet's were nowhere to be found. But somehow, there was pineapple in her system. But that would have meant, if it was still in her system by the time, and nothing else was in her system, by the time her autopsy was done, she would have had it, had to have eaten it a few hours before she had died. So, the theory is, Burke went downstairs for a bowl of pineapple. There was also tea brewed. So I don't know how a nine-year-old like went downstairs and like brewed some fucking tea too. He was like, oh, get a little sweet tea out <laughs> in this bitch. And the mom was not there. No, she claims that Burke was asleep the entire time. But Burke says he was awake and got pineapple. No, he tea. says he doesn't remember it. Oh. He said he could have, but he doesn't remember. How do you not remember every single thing from that night? I don't know. <laughs> And so, but Patsy's like, I did not cut him pineapple. I didn't brew him tea. I didn't go He cut the pineapple? It wasn't like canned pineapple? No, it was fresh pineapple. So this nine-year-old. You know, when I was nine, <laughs> I didn't even use scissors. <laughs> Let alone brew myself some tea and cut a whole... I don't even know how to cut a pineapple now. Well, I don't know if the pineapple was already cut or if it was needed to be cut because they... Deny ever having pineapple. They're like, I don't even remember having pineapple in the house. <laughs> what? So it's like, they're like, it's possible, but I don't remember. So I don't know. I hate that. That they're just like, maybe. <laughs> you literally, yeah. And then if, if, if Patsy was asleep, everybody was asleep, how are Patsy's fingerprints on the bowl? Well, that was a thing that was debunked because people were like, well, what if she's putting away the dishes? That's what I was just saying. What if she was like, getting a certain bowl. Because I have, a like, a specific fork I eat, like, cereal with. Like, maybe yeah. she was, like, digging. I, okay. I can see that. So there's that. And Burke's were all over because he ate it. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, again, Burke is like, I didn't do that. Like, he's like, well, he's like, it could have been possible. I don't know. 
But for some reason, for some reason, Benet's, John Benet's were not found on the bowl or spoon. Also, but he eats pineapple with a spoon. That's a red flag. Red flag. But the funny thing is, is it was like a big fucking serving spoon. That's awesome. So That's me. It wasn't like a little baby spoon. It was like a big bitch. I mean, maybe he was like, as you come to airplane. Well, her DNA wasn't on it, is what I mean. Like, nothing. Like, she, there was no DNA. Could she have just grabbed a piece of pineapple and. That's the theory, babe. So. Jean Benet, Bert goes downstairs for a midnight snack. Jean Benet realizes he's going down there. Like maybe she like didn't go to sleep yet. And she heard him. She wanted to go down and follow her big brother because they are on the same yeah level and her their parents are on the third level. So they probably didn't. They may not have heard anything. So Bert goes down, grabs himself a little snack, brews himself some tea because he's British. I guess. And eats fucking... They're from Georgia, too. It's like... I guess sweet tea, but it's weird. Sweet tea. Worse than put in three cubes of sugar and creamer and all that. I don't know if it was sweet tea. I'm just like Um, saying sweet tea because sweet tea is disgusting. I mean, I guess since he's from Georgia, it's plausible, but weird as hell. Like, why is an annual brewing tea right now? That's my question. Maybe he like just stuck it in the microwave? Like he had like a pot brewed. I, I don't. It just says brewed. It says brewed tea, so maybe it was pre-brewed, like already brewed, and he was like, "Oh, give me some of this." <laughs> but they fucking deny. Like that's the weirdest thing. I feel like that's a weird thing to fucking lie about, unless it fucking infiltrates your child. So okay, so tell me how this relates to Jamine, other than her having a yum yum snack. Okay. So you know how I talked about Burke's history of violence. Yeah. Okay. So, John Bonet goes downstairs, sees Berg eating pineapple. Oh my god! That sounds busty. And that looks busty as hell. I want some of that shit. <laughs> as little siblings do. Woohoo! Messing with ya. Take the little grabby moment. Berg gets oh. fucking pissed. <laughs> you to be. Fucking pissed. Absolutely pissed. And he, A, hits her with a mag light. What's that? It is, like, that really big light that's, like, it's a, we got a big handle and it's, like, thick. Okay. Or. Why would he have that? Because they had one in the kitchen. Okay. So. That's weird. Well, because it matches the skull fracture. Oh, okay. Is this is how they figured. Because they the mag light is another big thing because they also denied having the mag light. What? Yep. How, do you, like, how can you deny having They were, like, it? I don't recognize that mag light. Like, that's not our mag light. I don't know. That's not ours. That's weird. Or. He also had a metal baseball bat. Just on him? I don't know. Or he went and grabbed it? Maybe. And hit her in the head with the baseball bat. Ouch. Yep. And again, those are both very consistent with the head trauma. Like, it's pretty accurate. Both fit perfectly. I would understand if it was, like, the big-ass serving spoon. Because, like... Ah, But that wouldn't, like... Grab the pineapple. Fuck you. Yeah, but that wouldn't, like, kill... That I know, but... That's what I'm saying. But again, he's also nine, and that's like a big fucking wound, and so that's kind of weird. But yeah. he's a violent child. Yeah, I guess he has practice. <laughs> he's like, I've done it before. I can do it again. It's fine. But the bat makes sense, because I feel like it'd be hard to make that big of a wound with a light. Maybe, but it's it, they said it's very consistent. So then, awful. then what happens is Patsy hears it, and so does John. They go downstairs and realize what has happened. They're like, holy shit. She's fucking dead. They think she's dead. She's not dead. As I told you in the beginning, I was wrong about her death. 
She was not dead at this time. So, John takes her body down the stairs. Why? To stage her. Make it look like a murder. Why would you not just call the police and say, oh my god. Well, because they thought they lost their daughter already, so the theory is that they didn't want to lose a son either. I don't think they would. Would they? He's nine? Just say, like, oh, he he hit her, but he was just stronger than he thought he was. Like, I feel like that's more logical. Well, yeah, and... There were so many more things they could have just said, oh, Burke didn't mean to kill her, obviously. Well, yeah, but again, they're rich, and they probably knew they could get away with it. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. But, like, why stage something so elaborate? Exactly. That's weird to me, too. It doesn't make any... Like, that doesn't make sense to me, either. Okay. But the motive works. That's the big thing. It's just a weird motive, I feel like. Yeah, but he's also extremely violent. Yes. And kids also, they snap for the stupidest shit. They're like, oh my god, you stole my toy? Fuck you. And they like, <laughs> beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I work in childcare. <laughs> it's good. So, John goes downstairs, and then grabs John Bonet, which completely kills her. See, that's another thing. Is if, if, this is their child... How do you garrot your own child? I know, but people fucking kill their kids all the time. Okay, but they loved this child, right? They loved this child, yep. And they, they claim that to this day. Like, if this child that they love so much, and they're like, okay, we just gotta protect Bert, I still would not be able to garrot my own child. Oh, no, for sure, I agree. I just can't fathom that. Yeah, the morality is not there, but the motive is. Okay, continue. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Okay. But I just have so many thoughts. I know. So, John goes down, stages her death. Basically, the way I said it, ties her up, duct tapes her, puts the blanket over her, all that shit. And then Patsy goes and writes the note and then calls 911. Now, the reason people believe she wrote the note is because in interviews, she uses the exact same wording in the note, in some of the notes. Or, like, the same, some of the same wording, like, words in her interviews. Oh, like, like, can you give an example? Just like, just like language wise. Um, like things like adequate and like fancier words, you know, like bigger words that don't, like, I feel like a kidnapper would not have. Again, that's not. No, very, it's not a, it's not a. It's not like conclusive or anything But that's like that. interesting. Yeah. She just uses a lot of words that are in the note. So it's like weird to people. Well, and it was in Patsy's notebook with Patsy's head. In Patsy's house. house. Patsy. In Patsy's handwriting. Fucking Patsy. So. <laughs> but. Oh, I, I did Patsy. In part one, I did not speak about the $118,000 specific amount because this is where the theory comes in. Okay. That specific amount is the exact amount of John's Christmas bonus that he got from work. How would anyone know that? Exactly. Except okay. for. Patsy! And John. Well, yeah, but I love the idea of it being Patsy. <laughs> Patsy! <laughs> but. Patsy! But John does claim that this bank statement was sitting out. But a bank statement isn't just the $118,000, it's everything you spent and deposited and withdrawed. I mean, I guess it might say Christmas bonus, but that's very specific to find and like be like this one exactly I want this 
And the bank statement was just open. There was no fingerprints on it from whoever the intruder was. Um, again, I think they just looked at it and wrote it. Okay. I just, I'm going to continue to ask questions. Yeah. Well, because there's no fingerprints on the pen either. They're like, what the fuck? Like, there's, like, it's been wiped oh, out. Oh, it wiped, it was wiped down. Wow. Well, yeah, because, you know, who fucking wiped down everything? Fucking Priscilla. Fucking bitch. Who? Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah, because she was wiping down counters because yeah. she's helpful. Yes, Just like her fucking is. husband. Love that. <laughs> Fuck. Everybody was cleaning. Yeah, everybody was cleaning. Okay. Um, Now, let's get into the 911 call. Oh, yeah. We listened to this earlier. Just for fun, please. Yeah. It's awful. It's on not. It's online, so you can literally just look up Jamine Ramsey down in one call or Patsy Ramsey down in one call, and you'll. It's the first thing that pops up. Now, when, like, obviously, it was like Patsy calling nine one one. She was like, "Oh my god, my daughter's been kidnapped." She wasn't, like, really answering any of the operator's questions. Which is fair. She was just freaking out, of course. Obviously. And so. She abruptly hangs up the phone. Hangs up, I say. Because quote she has a because back in the day you have the landline and you have to fucking put that bitch on the hook for it to hang up. She kinda like half put it on there? Yeah. And so it did not completely hang up. Now the operator said that this whole situation felt really weird. She didn't understand why she wasn't staying on the phone to wait for police officers to arrive and like to guide them through everything and what they need to do and things like that. And so she decided to stay on the line. She did not hang up on the other end, so she listened. Now. Thank God she did. They had three analysis experts listen to this part. And what it is, is they, they separated them. They didn't tell them what, like, the operator heard or what they think her, they heard, like, what other analysis people heard. They put three people in a separate rooms, and they all heard almost the exact same thing. Oh, good, because I heard nothing. It was three voices. Patsy, a grown man, and a child. Patsy, John, and Yep. Now, she says, oh, help me, Jesus. And John says, what did you do? And then Burke says, what did you find? And then John says, I'm not, we are not speaking to you. I need you to start over, because you're confusing me. Okay. You've lost me. Okay, ready? Patsy almost hangs up. Doesn't hang up completely. She says, I called the police. What now? Help me, Jesus. Why would she say help me, Jesus? That just seems like a weird part. Because her baby died. Okay. She's like, oh my God, my kid is dead. What the fuck? Okay, okay, okay. That's the whole, yeah. That's why she's like freaking out. I'll call the police. What now? Help me, Jesus. John says, what did you do? Because he killed fucking, supposedly killed John Bonet. Burke says, well, what'd you find? Just a creepy little fucking creepy child on it. And then he, John says, we aren't speaking to you. To Patsy? No, Burke? to Burke. But this is all alleged of what they've heard. Yes, in the mass scratches of the end of this final one. Yes. And the thing is, is that if this were true, Burke was not asleep. And they lied completely. Yeah. So... There's that. And that's another weird thing that, like, really doesn't help the family's case at all. No. At all. We're not speaking to you, devil boy. <laughs> yeah. And another big thing is when the police arrived, they didn't fucking separate 
the witnesses. They didn't separate the Ramseys. They didn't separate Patsy and John. Yeah. And didn't formally interview them until four months after her daughter died. Jesus. Their daughter died. Right. So they had perfect time to... Exactly. Perfect that story. Exactly. That's why people believe that they had done it. Because there's... Like, they had an ample time to, like, get a story straight. Yeah. And then two years later, they were interviewed again. So they weren't formally interviewed very much. Like, they did, like, media interviews and things like that. But, like, formal police interviews... It was four months and then two years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so those are the beautiful family theories. Not beautiful. Really sucky, shitty theories. Now, we're going to talk about the intruder theories and then that'll be it. For you. For me. Now, intruder theory and there's, I think, three suspects. The three main suspects. Now, the intruder theory is how this is how it goes. They used the broken window to get through. Remember, because John broke that window a really long time ago and did not fix it, and he claims that he just forgot about it, and he doesn't go down there often, so it didn't really cross his mind. Said, fucking donkey. Donkey. So the intruder goes through the broken window, and then, remember, the suitcase is laying under the window. Good. So they use that as, like, a ladder or, like, a step stool to get into there. Lure Jean Benet, and it was some sort of kidnapping gone wrong, and they so they accidentally hit her too hard over the head, and then they stage her death, and just book it, get the fuck out of it. But they take the time to write the rest of it. Yes, of course. For sure. Because they still want the money though. Or maybe they wrote it before they killed her. Possibly. Again, theories on theories, baby girl. Now. The evidence that really drives this home is the unknown DNA on John Bonet. There was an unknown boot print that was like a worker's boot print that didn't match any of the shoes in their home. But again, they could have maybe thrown those away or whatever. But I feel like they would have like yeah. seen the boot print and maybe like covered it and moved it. Sure, someone would have cleaned that bitch. Yeah, because it was the boot print right by her body. Like it, the boot print was by her body. And then there's a half palm print that they found that does not match any of the, I almost said Benet's, any of the Ramses, and it was on the handle. So they don't know whose that belongs to either. But there is no footprints leading in or out of that window. Because it was winter. It was snowy. <clears throat> yep. So, and there was also a cobweb that was still intact. So they had looked at the cobweb and they're like, there's no way. Because the window is not big. It's a basement window. Yeah. So you have to be a skinny motherfucker to get through that and then not break, break the it. Top one? Yeah. yeah, that's weird. So that didn't make any sense. But that's a th- that's how they believe the intruder theory maybe happened. Because I think all the other doors were locked. They had several different types of locks in the house. Like they had like key locks and they had like also those like the twist locks, you know what I'm talking about, where you don't. Like, you can use a key from the outside, but Definitely. you can Yes. They had that, and they had one of those, like, chain locks on yeah. their doors. Like, they had different sorts of locks, and they were all locked. The only way in and out of that house would have been the window, but there's no way. Or they Possibly. But I feel like the boot print, the hand print, those can be explained, like, these are rich motherfuckers. They probably have people in and out of that house all the time to do shit for them. It could have been someone, a plumber, 
or a repairman of some sort. Like, yep. How often do you clean your doorknobs? Like, exactly. It could have been any. It could have been one of the families in the house. But then that means they would have seen John Bonet and not told anyone. That's like, rough. Yeah. So that's like those are weird little yeah hinky moments. Now let's get in to our three suspects. Okay. We're gonna start with the most heinous one. Oh, is this the one that you were appalled researching? Yep. Good. I want to die just talking about it. I can't wait to vomit. This is John Mark Carr slash Alexis Reich. You're telling me we had another fucking John in this shit? A third John. Yes, ma'am. But even though she's a big piece of fucking shit, I will respect her pronouns, but I don't want to. What is, do we know the new name? I just said it. Alexis Reich. Oh, that's, I thought it was like a really long last name. Oh, no, no, no. John Mark Carr slash, I said slash, baby, you just don't listen. That could just be another really long last name. <laughs> what? I know okay. people use. Well, she is now transgender. Okay. And she goes by Alexis Reich. Now, before she was Alexis Reich and she was John Mark Carr, he had a wife and two children, and he was a school teacher in Napa Valley. But. Which is how far from Denver? Pretty fucking far. Okay, that's what I'm curious about. Napa Valley is in Florida. Oh, shit, no. <laughs> but it could be an enemy that they made when they lived in Georgia, I guess. Huh? Maybe. No, I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. I'm ballparking here. Yeah, well. Now, um, within six months, he had lost his wife and his children. How? Her. Sorry. Lost her wife and her children. How? I don't know. You don't know? It doesn't. I didn't really look it up because I don't. What if they were murdered? Yeah, it doesn't say anything about this family. That's awful. Maybe they didn't die. You just said they died. Well, it says it says they've lost. He lost his wife and kids. Like they ran away from him? Maybe. That's even more sus. <laughs> Because in that case, maybe he was just kidnapping John Monet because he wanted the child. I feel like... No, there's a reason. I'll, I'll get to it. For how much research you did that you don't know this, piss me off. No, I genuinely cannot find anything. So if you find something, go ahead. Okay. Maybe Corrections Corner next week, but... Because literally, like, it just says lost family. That's weird wording. So she had a family before all this, which is fucking... And children, not so cuckoo bananas. So, she had lost she had lost her wife, children, and then her career. And so, after her career in nineteen ninety seven, she was accused of the murder of a twelve year old girl named Georgia Lee Moses. Um, in California, but the police like immediately went and raided their her house, and you know what they found in there. Child pornography. Yeah. And she was immediately arrested. But of course, the police being the best police on planet Earth. She got out. They did they did not successfully bring a good case against her. And so she fled to London. God. So they couldn't convict her again because she's in a different fucking country. Awesome. Yeah. But then very fun, out of the kablooey. Her family literally thought she was dead. Because, 
like, until 2006, they thought she was dead. Because in 2006, she started emailing the University of Colorado journalist professor about research about John Bonet. And it was, like, obsessive. It was detail after detail. He wanted to write a book. He wanted to make a documentary. And it wasn't, like, like this is what had happened. This is him, like, telling, like, if he were to have killed her. Like, detailing things that, about her murder that had never been released before. Oh. Yep. He was talking about how he came in and how, um, I say he because at this time, she was John Mark Carr this entire time. We're talking about it in the past. Yeah. So, so she was he at that point. So I'm sorry if I'm mixing and confusing, but at that time, she was he. So, um, yeah. So this went on for like a few years. And then the professor was like, okay, I'm going to send this to the police. Oh my God. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, because this had started in, like, 2001 when he emailed. And then he completely confessed fully. To doing it? In 2006, yeah. He was like, I did it. I did it. But you know what's really, really fun? But he didn't do it. I'm gonna quote him. You ready? No. Too fucking bad. You get to know. Okay, so this is what he says to the professor. You probably can't relate to being in love with a six-year-old girl. No, I can't. Yep. I love Jean Benet. Till this day, I love her. And I've loved her very much. And I played a role. Played an unreal role in her life and her death. It was an intimate love affair for me. She is six. It was my secret and Jean Benet's secret. Verbatim he said that. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Why? Because he was in love and obsessed with Jean Benet. So they tested the DNA against the unknown male DNA or no? Yes, they did. It wasn't his. Nope. So they didn't do it. No. But he was also in fucking Thailand at the time of her murder. <laughs> so he just did this because he was obsessed with this case and was oh, in love with Jean Bonnet. Oh my God. Again, she's six. And How old is he? 41. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he said? Nope. I didn't mean to kill her. Trigger warning, trigger warning. It was an accidental, erotic sexual fantasy we were having together. Like, she consented to it. Like, she was like, I, I want that part. He's like, I didn't mean to strangle her to death. It was an accident. I wanted her to be in a, in a dream state. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, because it... Made sex more pleasurable. Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer did. I. <laughs> That's such a fucking Dahmer line. Yeah. Because he was like, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. He fucking didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. He was like, I didn't mean to do it. You didn't. But. Buddy, you're clear. <laughs> but the boot print found by her body did actually match his. But like. And the boot print was. Like, his blueprint, basically. How the fuck was he in this house? <laughs> what the fuck? The DNA didn't match, but, like, the details, the story, it all, like, matches. 
So I kind of get it, but I don't get it. I hate everything. You know what she is now, though? Little Miss Alexis motherfucking bitch. Are you ready for this? This is what I was like. I'm honestly shocked her name isn't John Monet Ramsey. Are you ready? No. Oh, wait. And then in 2007, though, I forgot to mention this part. In 2007, he, now she, was investigated for the role in a sex cult with teenagers. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Teenagers, minors. Are you ready for this one, though? Nope. She has now spent her life advocating for sexual abuse survivors, especially children, and supports forced sterilization of convicted child rapists. You're a child rapist. He's a, she's a child rapist. But she's also battling homelessness, so fuck her. Wow. Yeah, I just really wanted to, like, give you that, because that was really cute. Now, these are the last two, and this won't take very long, and then we'll get on to Kennedy's. All right, babe. Michael Helgoth. Excuse you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) God. So he was, like, the electrician for the Francis, and they- I said that earlier. You didn't say that earlier. I said plumber. Or maintenance man. Is what you said. I said I said repair guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Ramses and him did have a property dispute, and so they were like in the middle of fighting when she when Jomini had died, and he had a fucking taser. Oh yeah, for in his that. yep in his possession. So there's that. Now, the police did a press conference, and then the cops were way too fucking cocky, and they were like, "We know who did it." and they were like their name will soon be the only name on the list well he was talking to the like person in the camp he was like your name will be the only name on the list soon like he was like fuck you piece of shit yeah that's literally what he did you know what happened though right after the fucking interview michael hogan fucking killed himself that's awesome that's fucking sus as fuck but, again, he was cleared because he died, and also by DNA. Oh, okay. Well. But, again, just because there was that little amount of DNA found. But it was in her underwear. That's fair. But that could have been before she had... I guess. Like, I don't know, babe. I don't know. But it could be anyone. It could be literally anyone. So there's that one. This is the last one. It's the Santa Theory. I know about the Santa Theory. It's you my do? favorite. Really? Yeah. I like the Santa Theory because it's fucking bonkers. Okay, well. <laughs> his name is Bill Reynolds. Excuse you. <laughs> Reynolds. He was... The Ramseys every year had a Christmas party normally. They didn't have one the year JonBenet Ramsey died because they went to... The Whites. Yes. But they did... Um, John did say in an interview that, like, they sometimes had, like, children over and, like, little, like, guests and stuff come in and out of the house sometimes, but this was, like, in the morning. So, John Bonet was alive when this was happening, so there wasn't, like, evidence skewing or whatever. Um, Bill was their Santa for a lot of years, and people claimed it was really weird how much he spent with John Bonet. Like, he paid way too much attention to her and like people thought it was weird and you know what he said nope 
he had chosen her to make him his special friend. Javanet was his special friend. Yep. So there's that. But Javanet, being the cutest little sweetie pie in the whole fucking world, gave him a vial of glitter. And he loved it. He ate it. He <laughs> Worse. <laughs> so when he had been given that glitter, he wanted to take it in with him for surgery. For his heart surgery. So he took it with him. They let him have it. And so he took it in there because he was like, this is like, means so much to me. Like, she's literally like the sweetest little girl on planet Earth. She is. She literally is. She's a fucking six-year-old. And, but later, uh, he told his wife that he wanted the glitter mixed into his ashes. Um, so. I bet the wife was like, where'd you get that glitter, babe? (laughs) This six-year-old, she's my special friend. <laughs> and the wife said, and what are you going to do with it? I want it in my ashes. <laughs> I can't deal. I have to go. I'm really, really busy. Oh, fuck. And that's it. That's the whole story. Oh, yes. Is there more? Well, like, was, did they test his DNA? No, because he really wasn't. He was just, people were just pointing fucking fingers at him. Oh, they were just because like, you're creepy. He was a creepy old man, and they were like, you did it, little girl. Because, like, maybe, because he's been in that house several times and, like, knows his way around, so maybe that would make sense. But, like, he's just a sweet old man who, like, is a little, a little obsessed. A little weird, but, like, not murder. Not Alexis John Mark Carr weird. Yeah. So there's that, I guess. Um, so, I don't know. Now. So in the end, we have no idea who did it, and everything hurts my brain. Yeah, because this theory, or this case, makes my life hurt. And my brain hurt badly. Because everything, like, you could find different sources to say just about everything was different than probably what we said. Exactly, because it's, there's theories upon theories, there's... Different facts that get hidden and they fucking show up. Or there's rumors like the whole like semen in the suitcase thing. There, That's a rumor. That's not a fact. And people are like, this is a rumor. I mean, this is a fact. No, it's not. It's a rumor. They don't fucking talk about it in the formal interviews they have with the parents. So it's like, it doesn't, like there's no, there's no one theory that conclusively is like, it's this one. Yeah. 100%. Will I say that the pineapple theory is the most factual? No. Because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'll say about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody who listens to this has their own theory. And after you listen to this, you'll have your own. And of course, if there's anything we missed or I missed, if there's any mistakes I've made, feel free to let me know. Because I love constructive criticism. I don't like people being assholes. So if you're just like, hey, you missed this, you forgot this, just let me fucking know. I will say it in the next video and just... Like in the next podcast and clear it up. Just like I did the last time. I caught my own mistakes and I just let you know. So, yeah. Also, comment and let us know what your theory is. Because I'm just intrigued by like what everyone has to think about it. Because I have no opinions. I genuinely don't know. But I do like the Santa one just because he was so bonkers. But he's like a just like an old. But he's cute. He's just like an old man. Living his life. No, I know. 
But the Santa one, I just love you because it's like Christmas. Yeah. Okay. And the last thing I will say is that there is DNA that John Andrews, John Bonnet's half-brother, and John, um, they're fighting for this DNA to be pushed. It's the DNA that they found on John Bonnet that has not been tested by the police. They have a petition up. We'll put it on our link in probably, like, wherever we can we'll put it. We'll put it in the Where show Where we notes. can link it, it'll be linked. Yes. You'll find, you'll be able to find it probably in our show notes, whatever. It, you will find it and if you can't find it on ours if the link isn't working please look it up please sign it please get this girl some fucking justice because she completely deserves it she's this little sweet baby girl and she needs to be completely at rest yeah. and the police are literally not letting this be tested and that's pissing me off because I'm like what are you hiding you know what I mean yeah. like you can't be that egotistical to be like I don't know so, I have my thoughts about this case. I'm pretty positive you all can take the fucking hint of my <laughs> views on this case. But if the DNA shows otherwise, I will happily apologize. <laughs> but for now, I got my ideas. <laughs> so, and that's a good segue for me to take. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to do it anyways. My turn. So, I'm going to talk about my hometown murder. It is... The Dolly Madison Bakery murders. Um, Dolly Madison Bakery was a big chain of bakeries that was around. So it wasn't like a little... No, this was a chain of bakeries. It was the Dolly Madison Bakeries. Um, And we had one in Great Bend. And it was on one of the busiest intersections in town because it was right across... It was uh, diagonal from our McDonald's, which is obviously a big staple in our town. So it was... A very busy intersection that this bakery was on. So this took place on September 4th, 2002 uh, in the Dolly Madison Bakery. Um, so this was around 8 p.m. A delivery driver dropping off some baked goods found the bodies of 24-year-old Mandy Alexander and 79-year-old Mary Drake face down in pools of blood. Um, Mandy Alexander worked there. It was her third day on the job. Oh. Her third day. And she was 24? She was 24. She was a single mother. And it was her third day at her brand new job. After having a relatively troubled life, she had found a church. She was getting her life back together. She got a job. And three days later, she was murdered. Um, Mary Drake was a customer just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, that's... She has nothing to do with anything. She just happened to be in the bakery. So does the one, the worker have anything to do? Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe. So yeah, it was her third... It was Manny's third day working there, and Mary Drake was just a little sweet old lady going to get her bread. She literally... <laughs> oh my god. It's so sad. <laughs> she literally had her bread on the counter. She was checking out when this happened, and it makes me so sad. So it's a, I saw a thing that was like, she's a single mother, she'd made some mistakes, um, but she found a church, she got a job, and her friends literally said her life was taking a turn for the better before this had happened. Oh. Um, so when the delivery driver found them, they were both face down in pools of blood in the small office area in the back of the store and not actually in the store part, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The driver didn't realize it at the time, but both of their throats had been slit. Oh. Yeah. So, Mandy had just begun working there, and Drake was a customer. Um, so, this part's kind of weird. Money from the cash register was missing, but uh, Mary Drake's purse and wallet were still on the store counter with her loaf of bread. So, if they took the money out of the register, I don't know why they didn't take her money. So, the mother of the 24-year-old believes that the killer robbed her daughter and killed her in the office area. And then, when Drake came in to get her bread, she was killed, too. Like, she walked in on the murder. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, and there's a quote from the granddaughter of Mary Drake. One of the police was questioning Mary Drake's son. And the police, the cop said, did your mom have any enemies that we should know about? Is there anyone who was angry at her or would have reason to hurt her? And the granddaughter said, I don't know why, but it angered me. I could only think seriously, no, what the heck? Why would you ask that? No one was so mad at my 79-year-old, 4-foot, 11-inch grandma that they would want to kill her. That's fair. There's not a lot of old people that get enemies, yeah. like, especially if they're sweet and like kind. Yeah, and then there's another thing. There was one saving grace, like one minor positive about this. Um, before going to the bakery, Mary Drake had stopped by her family's, one of her family's houses, to pick up a granddaughter to go with, to go to the bakery. But the family wasn't home, because if they would have been, the granddaughter probably would have been killed as well. Oh. So, thankfully, uh, the granddaughter was not home, and so the granddaughter didn't get to go to the bakery with grandma. Just so sad. Which is... I mean, good, I It's guess. good that it didn't happen, but it's still so freaking sad. Um, after the murder happened, um, like, I think it was a couple weeks, I could be wrong, the bakery had to shut down because it couldn't keep business. And Obviously. The building has not held a business. It has been unoccupied. So it's like, since, so it's like cursed or like... No, nobody wants it. Well, duh. So it's been unoccupied for 20 years. You know what, though? People bought the fucking Ramsey house. Well, yeah. And that's terrifying, too. Yeah. So ha- I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, there's another thing that Mandy Alexander's mother, uh, after this happened, was so, like, distraught. But she said that she forgave the killer before her daughter's burial. Because if she didn't forgive it before, she would have never let it go. And so she forgave it before her daughter was even buried, which is such a sad thing to have to do, but good, yeah. I guess. I wouldn't, I, I, like, I find it really incredible that especially, like, mothers can do stuff like that. I can. But, like, I wouldn't. I would literally say, fuck you. Yeah. Since then, the mother uh, has reached out to troubled teens and prisoners in the county jail and opens her home to young people who are troubled in honor of her daughter. Um, which is really cute. Um, and then, so I'll talk about, like, this murder is unsolved. We, it's been 20 years, and we still don't know who did it. Um, but there's some eyewitness testimony about what, who it might have been. But I'll get into that. So, there is believed that the killer was someone who was passing through town, and was staying at a local motel, because there's a motel literally like down the street from this place. Um, and 
they police later released a sketch of like who they thought it was and that person was seen standing outside the store like this is really weird um and they don't explain it really well but there was a guy who no one knows who locked up the dolly madison bakery and told the customer sorry we're closed he did not work there so it had to have been the killer right supposedly so then they took the the customer who was told sorry we're closed they did a police sketch up which i'll post on instagram Mm -hmm. uh because if you see this man please please call (laughs) uh so they took that down to the hotel and the hotel clerk was like yeah that looks like a guy who lives here so it was a white male 30 to 35 years old about 6'1 175 pounds with light brown to blonde collar length hair. So it was long hair. Um, but when he had checked out the next morning, he had shaved his head. Sus, right? I mean, yeah. Why would you shave your head at a hotel? Maybe he was going through a mental breakdown. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really weird. I agree. Um, but, yeah, that guy... The picture is also really, really creepy. I know. It looks I show he, you. He looks like a fucking. Yeah. Just a real creepy little. So boy. he closed up the bakery, said, Sorry, we're closed. And about an hour or two later, the delivery driver came and found two dead bodies. So that's wild. They, there was a theory that Mandy Alexander was going through a custody battle for her daughter or for her child. I don't know if it was a son or daughter. Um, but her ex-husband had an alibi, so that was kind of debunked, um, which is why I said it could have been uh, Mary Jake was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it seemed very, it was, they went for the bakery. Mary Drake had nothing to do with it. They were robbing the bakery, they think, uh, and so Mary Drake just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That doesn't... I mean, I guess like a chain bakery, maybe, but like, I feel like robbing... Like, if you don't rob, like, a bank, they don't have very much money in yeah. the register in the first place. I mean, this was a very popular bakery. So, like, it was a big deal. Well, it was a, I'm not saying it wasn't a no, big I deal. I just but... mean, like, even if it's, like, a big chain, they normally don't have a lot of money in the register because they do that on purpose so they yeah. don't get robbed. Yeah. Um, though, there was new evidence released last month on the 20th anniversary of this crime. Um, so... When, this makes me so angry, they did, like, a relook at all their stuff from the Dolly Madison murder, and they found this DNA on one of the victims. They won't say who it is, if it was Mary Drake or Mandy Alexander. They found DNA on one of the victims, but there's a couple things about this DNA. They never say who it is, but... It's called a YSTR type of DNA, which is only inherited on the male side. So that's how they know it was a man who did this. Okay. But the good thing is, even if they weren't able to find, like, the person who did this, if they had the person's son or brother or dad, they could test those and get the same YSTR and prove it that way. Because it's always inherited on the male side. 
but they can't like put this into a database and like search it like that. You have to have someone and test it against specifically. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the bad thing is they have to have a tip to go test. They can't just put it in a big database. Well, it's kind of like the Golden State Killer where they found him because of a family member. Yeah. So if you have a family member that you think is fucking sus as shit in your mail. Go get tested. Get that shit tested in Great Ben. Do it. Um, Fucking do it. But yeah, it's... They never said where the DNA was found, but if they will test any lead... They tested over hundreds of leads, um, and I watched an interview of one of the police officers who was like, when a call comes in about the Dolly Madison murders, we drop everything and do that because... They, like, this is the biggest thing that's happened in my town ever. Yeah, you know what, though? Pieces of shit who are like, I have this tip for you. And it's just them being a piece of shit because they want to be a part of the fucking yeah. case. No, it, it really genuinely is, like, people who are like, oh my god, like, yeah, they, I think my brother might have done it. Like, shit like that. Yeah, um, but I think that's, like, like in any scenario, that's ridiculous to me. That they just want to be a part of that case and they want to be, like... Well, like... It, it was very much a thing that everyone thought they knew who did it. It is awful. This case makes me so, so sad. Especially for Mary Drake, who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she's such a sweet little old lady. Um, she just wanted to hang out with her grandkids. And get fucking bread. She just wanted her bread, man. And especially for such a violent way to die. Like, they both had their throats slit. And they were laying face down. Is that for sure the way they died? Like, it was just... That's... And they were laying down in pools of their own blood. That... that, But that does kind of sound like the yogurt shop murders. Like, I really want to do that case, and I probably will eventually. But, like, that sounds almost exactly like what happened. But there were, like, two suspects. And it's... Yeah. yeah. And the weirdest part was, they say this happened... Like, the murder would have taken place around 5 to 6 p.m., which is like rush hour, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the busiest intersection in our town at rush hour. And nobody saw anything. And nobody saw anything. That... But wait, so when did he... When did this witness come at like 8 p.m.? And when did it normally close? I have no idea. Oh, wait, no. The delivery driver came at 8 p.m. And the, the guy who was closing the bakery... I don't know. It was like 6 p.m. when he was like, sorry, we're closed. There's no way that wasn't the killer, though, because how did he get the key? Yeah. But then how did they unlock the bakery the next day, though? Did they have a different key? They didn't unlock the bakery the next day. The delivery driver came in at 8 p.m. to deliver bread. Oh, but how did they get in? Just through that same way the delivery guy did? Wait, how did who get in? Like, the police. So, like... Well, yeah, the delivery driver let him in. Oh, okay. Because the delivery driver called the police and was like... There's two women here who's, he said, like, are dead. I don't remember how he said it. Um, he said there's two women who are face down in pools of blood. That's a lot. Yeah. And it just sits empty now, and it's really sad. Because, uh, like I said, it's been 20 years, and we don't know who did it. And... This is, like, the only murder that's ever happened in my town. So it's a very big, like, thing everyone talks about. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. But, I mean, your town is kind of small, so maybe there is somebody, hopefully somebody, that listens to this and will hopefully 
give a lead. Yeah. Um, so, if you think you know anything, uh, call the Barton County Sheriff's Department and put a tip in. Or get tested if you think your dad or brother or cousin might have done it. Yep, somebody who you're related to and you think they did it, you think they're being sus. Or if you know a friend that's sus, get try to get one of their family members to come in. Yeah. Because that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. It's really, really sad that um, Mandy also makes me really sad because, like I said, it was her third day. She's also just a single She's mother. She's turning her life around mm-hmm. for her child and gets brutally murdered yep so i just there's no words like i said this makes me want to cry every time i think about it (laughs) let's not do that so i think we can end there yay (laughs) i love it for us i like how we always are shocked that we end on a depressing note (laughs) i'm like dang it God, let's be happy about stuff. But we also make a true crime podcast. We shouldn't be surprised nope. anymore. But we do have a Patreon, so... We did make a Patreon. It can be found uh, wherever you listen. It's linked. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. I think the first tier is like... Just extra... A, like a mini episode and yeah. going live. So, since we're posting bi-weekly on the Thursday that we don't post, there would be a mini episode... And then once a month, we would do a live where you can ask us anything and we might tell a few stories. Yeah. And we'll try to answer your questions as knowledgeably as we can. Yeah. And I think we have it as $5 a month and we might add more tiers later. Yeah. You know how popular it is. Yeah. Um, and you can also just donate if you want and we can yeah get more shit and make better this podcast even more amazing than it already is because we're fucking great. Yeah, because right now we're working on a single microphone. Hell yeah. Maybe maybe we can interview around campus and see if anybody has stories. We could put like a thing out for campus. Um, But we'll figure something out. If someone subscribes to our Patreon, then we'll figure it out. (laughs) Um, Other than that, email us with any stories you have. Podcast, cinecob at email. Um, Like, subscribe, comment, Follow all the things. Yep. Get our fucking podcast trending out here, babes. If we get enough money on Patreon, we can do merch on Patreon. Yeah. But right now we don't have any, so. Yeah. But, like, trust me, though. I, Kennedy made my vision of our logo come true. Imagine what we could do. With some merch. With some fucking merch. Like, you already know it's going to be amazing. So, Subscribe to the Patreon if you want to support us, and we'll see you next, next Thursday. Yep, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. And our Facebook page, if you want the same stuff. It's the macabre podcast, and then the macabre.podcast on Instagram, I think. Yep, so make sure you follow us, make sure you like and get our stuff out there. Yep, so we can start making a difference in this beautiful true crime world. See you next time. Bye.